Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our second episode of 2023. This has been a very busy year so far. But before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor for Fiber for Breakfast, and Nokia, the gold sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast. You know, Friday is the deadline for some very important deliverables. First, Friday, January 13th, Friday the 13th, I guess, no doubt, is the deadline to submit challenges for inclusion in the FCC broadband maps that, maps that NTIA will be using to determine the $42.45 billion bead allocation. We're going to hear a lot more details on this during today's Fire for Breakfast session. Also, Friday's extended deadline to submit responses to a letter that Senator Thune sent a number of organizations like the Fire Broadband Association as Congress prepares for oversight hearings in areas such as um, broadband investment. And the Fiber Broadband Association has prepared a very detailed 34-page response that we'll be providing. Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone that our first regional Fiber Connect workshop is just around the corner. It'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina on Tuesday, February 7th. Registration is now open. And it looks like that this, you know, we hit a, every one of these, we hit a record. and and uh, it looks like Raleigh will keep that trend going. So Columbus was, we blew it out and had the closed registration. So Raleigh's looking really, really good right now. So please register early so you don't get locked out. Also want to encourage you to join our industry associations webinar series today on the cybersecurity requirements of BEAD with expert speakers from US Telecom and CTIA. This session will be held today at 1 p.m. Eastern and you can register on the Fiber Broadband Association's website under events and webinars. This brings us to today's Fiber for Breakfast session with Tammy Herlin of VantagePoint to discuss the important topics of the FCC broader data collection now and later, challenges, round two, and what happens after. Last week on Fiber for Breakfast, we heard from my friend Steve Selenrick, the president of Selenrick Construction, who discussed how successful broadband projects include damage prevention. You know, really the key takeaway is that construction companies with the best safety records are gonna get the job done quicker at less cost as damage and safety issues can create serious delays and can significantly run up costs, not to mention the risk to lives and property. Today on Five for Breakfast, you know, hopefully on mapping, no one will die and nothing will blow up, but um, we'll see. But today on Fire for Breakfast, our guest is Tammy Herlund of VantagePoint, discussed the important topic of the FCC's broadband data collection. Now and later, challenges, round two, and what happens after. Tammy brings over 25 years of technical and program management experience to VantagePoint, including deep expertise in the broadband industry. Much of her career has been focused on financial analysis and program adherence, making her an exceptional asset for helping clients with universal service program, grants and funding opportunities and other funding programs. 
She also adds depth to the industry research and for um, regulatory filings in the Eastern United States and brings strength in financial analysis for strategic planning. Additionally, Tammy has substantial experience in new service development across a variety of industries, including heavy engineering, electronics, and financial reimbursement. So welcome, Tammy. And for our audience, please type in your questions as we go, and we'll work them into the Q&A at the end. With that, I'll turn it over to Tammy. Hi, Gary. Thank you for the nice introduction. Today, we're talking BDC and everything that's going on with it. We'll have two distinct segments today. The first is just going to be what's been happening. And then the second piece is going to really focus on the different nuts and bolts of submitting challenges and what the different screens look like. So you understand what you're getting into when you decide to move forward with this type of situation. Let's get started. So where have we been with BDC? What has been completed to date? So the BDC initial order came out in January of 2021. CostQuest released the first version of the fabric in April of 2022, that's 15 months later. There was a lot of activity happening at that point in time from the FCC perspective in systems development and relationship growth. Um, then in June of 2022, the production version of the fabric was released. And that's when the entire industry got very busy for a period of a roughly, oh, eight, nine weeks completing the inaugural filing of the BDC in the BDC portal by September 1st of 2022. Next slide. Jimmy, before we move yeah. on, maybe just help everybody understand, BDC stands for? Broadband data collection. So this is all of the dots on your map, any location that can be served. And CostQuest is the? Is the vendor who supports the Broadband Data Collection Act and so their job in everything is to provide the locations that could be reported by a service provider as serviceable locations in their territory. Great, and the fabric? The fabric is what CostQuest will provide to each and every service provider to utilize to, provide, to complete their BDC filing. Okay, hopefully our audience knows that, but I just wanna make sure, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so what's happening now and what is keeping this broadband industry busy? The bulk fabric challenge started on September 12th of 2022. The pre-production broadband map was released in November and that was followed by availability challenges which started in November. And all of this is right around when the holidays started in, at Thanksgiving time. And finally, on December 30th, just before we got into the new year, CostQuest released the production version of the fabric. So what does this mean for us and what are we doing? So last September, all of the service providers completed their BDC filings. That information all went into a system at the FCC. That system then turned around and provided us data in the form of a broadband map, which they released in November. That map, now shows us which each service provider across the nation reported for broadband serviceable locations. So anybody within, anybody can go to that website and identify their location and see who's serving them. Um, maps are great, but maps have some challenges. You know, they're not always correct and may need to have a little help along the way. And so with that, we have two types of challenges that can be submitted, the broadband map availability challenges 
and the bulk fabric challenges. And we'll talk about those in a little bit. So everything that's happening now is going to have a big impact on that industry for the next six months and longer. So the first thing that's gonna happen in the future is on January 13th in just a few days, that is the deadline that NTIA has recommended to be the best opportunity to submit challenge for, challenges on the broadband map for availability. This is for that information to be included in the bead map, which is a whole bunch of funding that Gary mentioned earlier today. The other thing that's happening in the future is the BDC filing round two will be due March 1. We'll also have the final version of the broadband map released sometime in 2023. My guess is it'll be after this initial um, second round of filings, but I'm not the FCC, so I don't know for sure. And finally, NTIA has stated that they project that the BEAD funding map will be released on June 30th, 2023. I wanna take just a second here and talk a little bit about that January 13th date. What I know is having served service providers for well over 20 years, that your primary goal is to take care of your customers and your bottom line. <clears throat> when you look at the broadband map, you'll see whether or not there's others in your territory or not. What you'll wanna do is you'll want to identify if there is competitive overlap from a carrier that is serving an unserved or unserved territory that maybe isn't correct. And if it isn't, you'll want to evaluate if it makes sense for your organization to submit a challenge or to at least educate your subscribers to submit a challenge on the BDC map. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail next. The other thing that's happening in the industry is that the FCC Form 477 has been sunset. The portal will remain open just for revisions, but the form itself has been sunset. I say that with caution because the BDC filing does require subscription information. And so some of the information that you're using on the 477, you'll now just use in the BDC filing. Everybody will remember that this was part of the, of the BDC filing we completed last time. This will include your fixed broadband subscription, your fixed voice subscription, and your voice breakout. Okay, let's talk about the broadband map. The broadband map, again, lists all of the locations that service providers across the nation said that they could serve. You can find the broadband map by going to the FCC website. This will be data as of June 30th that they reported on September 1st. Now, we talked a little bit earlier about CostQuest and the fabric. Those were the initial list of locations a service provider could select from to report on. Some of the providers utilized most of those locations, some did not utilize very many. It didn't matter. You reported what you could serve. But if a location was missing in the fabric, it will be missing on the broadband map. The map is only going to represent the availability as submitted by providers. When you go to the map, you'll be able to see your location and download details by state and service provider levels. The production version of the map has not been determined yet. What we're going to talk about next is very detailed. We're going to talk about the two different data sources that can be used to improve the maps across the U.S. The first data source is the CostQuest fabric. This is the initial fabric that's utilized for, by service providers to select locations that they can serve. 
If a location is in the fabric, they can select it and report it in the broadband um, data collection filing. The FCC broadband map is a result of all of the filings that service providers have completed. That map is available again on the FCC website and it has three different challenges available. An individual location challenge, a bulk crowdsource source challenge, and then bulk fixed availability challenge. The fabric challenges um, have been happening since September. The fabric is the initial set of locations a service provider can use. The challenges for the fabric are submitted on the FCC BBC portal itself. The types of challenges that you can submit on the fabric include missing locations, incorrect address or unit information, building type, such as residential, consumer, you know, whatever you can serve that location with, broadband serviceable location type, true or false. And what that means is some locations were, were deemed enterprise type of locations um, by CostQuest. And those locations within the fabric were labeled as false, meaning that a service provider could not report them as served with mass market service. Um, if you serve a location in a rural community with your mass market service, that would be a challenge for you. You could challenge those locations and have them become um, served locations within your territory. And then supplemental address information can also be included on a bulk fabric challenge. Here is the listing of all the different challenge categories and the categories are listed by number. Um, the thing I want you to remember when thinking about, do I wanna do a fabric challenge? Does it make sense? I mean, everybody across the country is gonna have good maps or bad maps. So why would I wanna do a challenge? Here's the deal. You work really hard to serve your subscribers. You've built out all of this fiber to get it, get those subscribers served. Why not make sure those locations are showing on the map? Especially if you're gonna go out to additional locations that may be unserved or underserved. Let's make this map correct so that the funding when it flows will flow to the appropriate areas. Okay, we're gonna switch gears and talk about the other type of data source for maps. And this is the broadband map itself found on the FCC website. There are three types of challenges that can be completed on the map. An individual challenge, which is completed on the map, and that can include both a location challenge or an availability challenge. Bulk availability challenge, which will be completed in the BDC portal, and that will include any of the attributes for an availability that's already listed on the map, and then bulk crowdsource data. And this again will be submitted in the BDC portal, and this is multiple information about um, an availability, availability of various locations on the map. So what's needed for an individual challenge? Well, first of all, you have to identify your location on the broadband map. And then you have to identify the type of locate or challenge that you want to do, whether you want to challenge a location by updating that location information or adding the location if it's missing. So if, a, if I Googled um, the broadband map, went in there and found my home, if it wasn't listed as a served location, I could add it as a location. The other thing that you can challenge individually on the map is the type of availability. And you can challenge individual locations or you can do that from across crowdsource perspective. Um, if a location is challenged, a service provider is required to respond. This is what it, a, a snippet of what it looks like on the broadband map 
um, when you're filing a challenge. There's two different types of challenges that you can file, again, location and availability that are circled in red. When completing a challenge on the broadband map, you'll have to decide if you want your information to go to a service provider or you just want to provide it and let the FCC know that there's something going on in my area. Um, and this is where that decision is made. If a consumer or a service provider selects the first option, send my challenge to the selected provider, it is a challenge that you as a service provider would receive in the BDC portal. And you will have 60 days to respond. So let's talk about the other types of challenges from a bulk availability perspective. You'll need to know the three different methodologies, infrastructure, um, information collected from consumers, or any other type of methodology. An availability challenge can be completed based on eight categories. The first four of these categories are really consumer focused regarding the length of time to do an installation, if you complete the installation on time, if there's an additional fee, or if a consumer was denied service. The ones in the middle, provider not offering a technology at the location or not offering the speed shown on the map for purchase, those are challenges that perhaps service providers or government entities could also challenge. And the last two items are specific to wireless and satellite carriers um, regarding availability at a location. Challenges on the broadband map will also be depicted. Um, an individual challenge and bulk challenges along with fabric challenges. We'll show that on the next screen. This is a, a quick snippet of where you would be able to see if a location has been challenged. So I do know that some people I work with challenge their home address. That information would show here in the upper right where it says location challenge one. You would select that and then view the data associated with the challenge. So what kind of data do you have to provide then to, if so say that you take your home and it, it, you're not getting 25.3, so what um, data do you need to submit? Um, you, would, you would submit data. Uh, if you're submitting a, a speed challenge, which is what you would do if you're if it says that you're getting 25.3 but you're not, that would be a speed challenge and that would be considered bulk crowdsourced data um, and would be seen from the FCC perspective as a complaint. However, if you go to your home and it says that somebody can serve you 25 by 3, but then you go to their website and service is not available, then I would take a screenshot of that statement that says service is not available and submit that um, with my challenge because okay, that's documentation showing it's not available. So the speed shows 25.3, which is um, the definition of served or unserved, but the 25.3 is underserved from a 20, 100 by 20. So if you, like for example, this is exactly what it looks like when I look at my lake house. Mm -hmm. and I have DSL service from CenturyLink. It, and so obviously, maybe it's marginal on whether it gets 25.3, but it certainly doesn't get 100 by 20. So how do you challenge the, the unserved, or excuse me, underserved part of this? Are they showing that you can receive 100 by 20 on the broadband map? No, it just says it looks exactly like this right here. Okay. So if you if it's stating that you can receive 25 by 3 and that's what you're receiving, then there is no challenge. Um, so that you'll leave so it just basically goes in as underserved. That would go in as underserved. That is correct. Okay, got it. So it's this this example is showing an underserved location. Yes. Yes. Okay, got it. 
So what happens if you as a service provider receive a challenge? So we talked about how you submit challenges, right? Consumers, service providers, government entities, you have two ways to submit challenges, either on that broadband map or as part of a bulk fabric um, challenge that you would complete. Once a challenge is completed, you as a service provider will receive data on that if it's an availability challenge. That data information will come to the data contact listed on your broadband data collection um, filing, and you will have 60 days to respond to that challenge. Should you choose not to respond to it, then you're saying that the challenger is correct and conceding that to the challenge. Crowdsource data will also be sent to you. However, you are not responsible for responding to it. But here's the deal about crowdsource data. If you know it's not correct and it's easy to respond to it, why not tell your story? Because it just makes sense. Okay, so what happens if a service provider receives a challenge in the system? This is a screenshot of the BDC system and what it will look like if you receive a challenge. In the upper right, there's a total number of challenges too. And you can see in the middle of the screen, the number of days that your challenge would be active. The other interesting thing that happens on this screen is in the upper left-hand corner, you'll see what it, where it says fixed crowdsource data. And if you receive a crowdsource challenge, you'll need to select that to get to the next screen. And so if we could go to the next one, and this is what a crowdsourced data challenge would look like. And finally, the fabric results um, will be displayed on both the broadband map and the BDC portal. This is what a fabric challenge results will look like. You can download those in the upper right-hand corner. Here's the deal with fabric challenges. Several service providers submitted them early, and so they have started to receive their results back. Um, there are 14 different types of results on fabric challenges. The top four results that seem to come back in a negative fashion are the addresses that could not be validated, the coordinates intersect with an existing BSL, meaning they were too close, the challenge duplicated a previous accepted challenge, or the challenge failed by manual review. Um, from an addressing perspective, they are using the USPS to validate any addresses that are submitted. And last, I would like to talk about the BDC filing due March 1st. Um, again, this is for data and broadband serviceable locations as of December 31st, 2022. Again, a friendly reminder, you're gonna need your broadband voice and subscription files and your voice breakdown for that BDC filing. The FCC did waive the PE requirement if a qualified engineer meets the specific requirements for this filing and the next filing. Um, it, but you would need to include a specific statement with that engineer. So basically starting in 2024, a PE is required, but you will want to plan ahead because if you're gonna use a PE to certify your filing, there's a lot of work to do. And finally, how can Vantage Point help Gary? We can help you with the challenges with education and templates, similar as we did today. Um, we can help you identify your broadband serviceable locations, and of course, we can complete your BDC filings for you. The Vantage Point BDC members that I work with on a regular basis are Courtney Spears, De Derek DeVries, and Troy Iles. We are supported by an entire team of engineers here at Vantage Point 
um, that assist us with the filing, including mapping. And then for other um, instances, we have our legal team and data management team as well. Thank okay. you. Thanks, Tammy. There's a ton of questions here, and um, as you might imagine. So the first one mm -hmm. is, do you think that the January 13th deadline will hold? We know that some senators and members of Congress wrote to the FCC asking to extend the deadline by 60 days. Any thoughts on that one? You know, you're asking me if I pick up my eight ball and shake it and tell it, tell you everybody what it's going to be. I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know is that the industry is pushing back on that 13th date. Um, is it realistic for you to get your challenges ready in the next three days if you haven't started the process? Maybe, maybe not, depending on the number. Um, just take your time, do it right, and it will be included when it can be, whether it's this round or the next one. So the deadline is really not an FCC deadline. There's nothing the statute requires. That's this is an NTIA deadline, and it's a it would be good to have it in by if you yes. want to be included, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you put it in next week or the week after, it'll still be in there, just not might not be in the NTI or NTI's work towards the bead allocation. That's correct. Right. Um, so it's really important it's, it gets in there no matter when because if your house doesn't or whatever the location doesn't isn't um, seen on the map as unserved then it's not going to get funding. Correct. All right um, it's another good question. So since the FCC kicked Starlink out on the RDOF um, are the Starlink and those 640,000 locations now on the FCC map as being unserved? <laughs> So a lot of those locations, when I looked up at Starlink, they are the point two on the map. So when Starlink reported them, they reported them as being served as less than 10-1, which means they would be underserved. So they're on the map for how long? That's a decision by the FCC. That's what it means when they're on the map. All right. So the challenge process is a good idea, but extremely cumbersome, and it only seems theoretical. Um, this basis, small provider saying they don't have time to go through every single location on the fabric map, click on it and see if anybody else has claimed it, and then move on to next. After that, 10,000 times, is there a way for a small provider with limited resources to electronically identify challenges that should be considered? The first thing is to identify if you have any providers in your territory from an overlap perspective. So you're going to have to click on some of those locations. But once you do that, there are options for you if you've got somebody that has some good Excel experience, um, because you can download that information from the broadband map and then do some VLOOKUPs against the data that you submitted to identify of the locations that you submitted, how many of them have multiple providers and work, work it from there. It, it takes some time, but it's doable from, from a small provider perspective. All right, this is gonna be a challenging one. So can you elaborate a bit on the knowledge of local infrastructure-based challenge? Would this be a logistical approach for most service providers based on their local expertise? Yes. And so if you're a local service provider, you know, especially when serving fiber, um, how to determine if there's fiber in a, in a service territory. And so you'll want to identify if there's fiber in the ground, and if not, um, report as such. And if there's towers in the region, um, if not, report as such. All right, this is the last question and there, there's plenty more, so you have to catch those um, when we send them over to you, um, okay. Tammy. But 
Is there any way the reporting system can distinguish between crowdsourced data showing slower speeds due to service provider link versus the slower rates due to Wi-Fi in the house? I can do that because when I look at my, like I have AT&T service and I can look at AT&T site to do a speed test and they'll tell me to my house and I can do a Ookla speed test that tells me to my computer and I can see that I have a gigabit to my house and 300 meg to my computer. So I can see what my Wi-Fi and router said. But um, I don't know if you have anything else to add on that. The average consumer isn't going to be able to do that. And that is one of the challenges <laughs> with uh, crowdsourced data. You know, Gary, you're educated and understand the technology, so you're able to get there. Um, but that is the risk with crowdsource and why it's submitted as a FCC complaint versus an actual challenge. Well, Tammy, thanks so much. You know, it's really valuable information. We really appreciate all the work that you and Vantage Point are doing to really support our industry. And we appreciate your partnership with FBA. So thanks everyone for joining us today. I look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. We're gonna be discussing making Britain faster and what the US might learn from the UK's fiber gold rush with Richard St. Clair, the chief operating officer from Zoom, as he shares how UK is a case study for the rest of the world in establishing key principles to remove customer complexity and improve business value. So you're not gonna to wanna to miss that. And thanks everyone for joining us. So see you again next Wednesday.